Hi, and welcome back to The Future is in Your Hands. I'm Zerlandiri. I'm a licensed and board-certified massage therapist and educator. I have over 30 years of experience, and in those 30 years, I have practiced in almost every environment that massage therapy is in, and have owned and taught at massage schools, as well as events and conferences. You may have noticed that I didn't continue this podcast after February 21st. I'm sorry. I picked the most particularly inappropriate time to launch a podcast about massage therapy for people thinking about becoming massage therapists. And I didn't really know how to come back and continue in a way that was okay or would help or be welcome. And even this may not be welcome. But this is going to be a bit of a public service announcement for everyone right now. Massage consumers, people that are thinking about becoming massage therapists. And yeah, some massage therapists will probably listen to this one too. It may be fortuitous that people will see what is happening in the world And they'll realize that massage therapy is a non-essential profession. It may be an unfortunate wake-up call for us to realize that our profession, that should be well-versed in universal percussions, kind of included some people that didn't know what universal percussions were, how to wash their hands properly, how they should have been cleaning their session rooms, or understand how science works, and how things like the flu could be spread by a massage therapist working closely with people in small enclosed spaces. It's not safe for anyone to get a massage right now. And should massage therapists be using personal protection equipment that our hospitals and medical professionals on the front lines need? I don't think so. And massage therapy at six feet away is just plain silly. People may be upset when I share this. However, I'm going to do it because it just needs to be said. Understand, there's been a quiet, disturbing process occurring in the massage therapy profession. We are all concerned, challenged, and consciously focusing on safety, resiliency, sustainability. We were not prepared for this either. With breaking hearts and fears of surviving, ethical, intelligent, and compassionate massage therapists across the whole United States have been consciously suspending their practices in order to keep you, their clients, their communities, their families, and themselves safe. Because of the initial patchwork of states with shelter-in-place and stay-at-home orders occurring on different dates at different times, There was confusion. There was language about essential businesses and medical necessity, as well as unclear language about massage practices. Honestly, if we could have just had one sentence that said, massage therapy is not essential, it may have been better. There was some mad language crafting in different states that were listing things like massage parlors, spas, medical spas, gyms, salons, fitness centers as all being non-essential and needing to close. And honestly, the people writing that language may have been trying to be inclusive and cover all persons, 
who were doing person-to-person therapy and hands-on as best they could. You know, and yet some of them still gave permission for some massage therapists, acupuncturists, and chiropractors just to continue business as usual. Now, this mixed messaging may have seemed confusing, and sadly, some of us were not able to stop as soon as others. Some of us chose not to stop as soon as others, and some of us stopped and just didn't say anything. I'm still continuing to be surprised that massage is being offered anywhere during this challenging spring of 2020. So I really felt the need about talking about this and explaining who usually does massage therapy safely, effectively, ethically, and legally, and maybe why you shouldn't be getting one right now. I think there's four segments of people out in the world that may do massage. And not all of them are offering it to the public or are trained or legally allowed to do it. (laughs) And I'm just going to go over each of these groups. Because they're people. Some of them are unlicensed. Some of them are licensed. And some of them are massage therapists. And I'm going to let you know who they are, how they might be doing some of these things, why they can, or maybe why they should not be doing it. Along the way, I'm going to share a little bit more about the massage therapy profession. Hopefully, it's still going to be around for a while. And hopefully, while you're not getting a massage, you may gain some appreciation for your massage therapist. They probably miss you a lot, too. Okay, first, massage therapist. There are over 300,000 massage therapists in the United States. Most of them are licensed, since around 47 states require licensure. Some of the states that do not have a license may have a variety of municipal licenses or city ordinances with requirements. Now, please understand there's some highly skilled and educated massage therapists that are practicing in unregulated states. So it's incorrect to assume everyone practicing in an unregulated or unlicensed state is uneducated or unsafe. I'm just going to go over some of the initials you may start looking for. LMT stands for Licensed Massage Therapist. This is the most common across the United States. States that license massage therapists have educational requirements of at least 500 hours up to 1,000 hours or more. They usually require background checks and passing a national licensing exam. Unless you're in Massachusetts, then they don't require an exam. Or they may have their own state exam. A CMT stands for Certified Massage Therapist. This was and still is more commonly used in states before they are licensed or regulated. Using the initial CMT was a way people were communicating that they had been to massage school and they had completed an academically structured training. That way they could tell potential clients in the public that there was a difference between them and the people that hadn't. 
And in states that do not have regulation, there still may be people that can legally offer and provide massage without any education because there may be no legal requirement that keeps them from doing so. Now, this doesn't mean that it's right, ethical, safe, or even good. But on the other hand, in an unregulated remote area, you could find a person that's been doing massage like this for many years. They could have never went to massage school, but they may have taken a lot of individual courses, and they may have a lot of valuable experience and very good skills. One of the states that has some different licensing is Delaware. It has a multi-level regulation. So they have LMT, licensed massage therapists, that are required to have 500 hours of education. And they have CMT, certified massage technicians, that are required to have 300 hours of education. Maryland is another state that has multi-level regulation for massage therapists. In Maryland, both LMT, licensed massage therapist, and RMT, registered massage therapist, are required to have 600 hours of education. The difference is that licensed massage therapists need to meet additional education requirements. They need to have 60 hours of education at an institute of higher learning. I believe those must be college courses related to science and allied health. They also have to have 24 hours of advanced massage therapy continuing education. North Carolina has some different initials, just slightly. LBMT, Licensed Bodywork and Massage Therapist. All licensed massage therapists are not the same. In almost every regulated state, there were options during initial licensing called grandfathering or getting a waiver. This was because there were individuals that did not go to school and had been practicing before regulation. They may have proved it by claiming income on an IRS record or some other means. Some of these people are very talented, safe, and effective massage therapists. Of course, some of them could have been opportunistic, mediocre, and maybe even not safe. Many states have reciprocal licensing. So if a therapist were licensed in one state, they may be able to get a license in another state. Some may need to do this because they move, or maybe their spouses are in the military, or they change job locations. Reciprocal doesn't mean bad. It's just another legitimate way people become licensed. The most common way one becomes a licensed massage therapist is successfully completing a course of study and graduating from a massage therapy school or program. Asking someone where they went to massage school might be a great conversation starter and a good way for you to interview a massage therapist. The next initials are BCTMB, Board Certified in Therapeutic Massage and Bodywork. Currently, only around 6% of massage therapists are board certified. Board certification is above and beyond entry-level massage therapy licensure. It's voluntary, but it represents the highest attainable credential within the massage therapy and bodywork profession. Board-certified massage therapists must meet higher standards of education and experience in order to pass a very challenging exam. The National Certification Board for Therapeutic Massage and Bodywork 
is the only certifying body for the massage therapy and bodywork profession. You often hear massage therapists introducing themselves or marketing, and they may say things like, I'm certified in this or that. They may even say, I am a certified fill-in-the-blank massage therapist. Now, depending on the modality or organization, there may be a few of these that are very meaningful. However, a large number of them are not, and it's only a certificate of attendance, participation, or achievement. It gets really confusing for people when massage therapists don't even agree on what to call themselves. Some have this long alphabet soup after their name. It's unclear and sometimes meaningless. Now, I get it that some people have paid a lot of cash for those extra initials. And some of them may have done something that took more than one weekend. It was very challenging. Some people think it comes from insecurity or ego or the sense of a competition to put all those initials out there. But it could also be just a complete lack of awareness. Our profession isn't there yet. We should be aware that most other licensed health professionals have bachelor's degrees and sometimes master's and doctorate's degrees prior to gaining a board certification in their profession. Most of these licensed health professionals specialize in one or two things, not five or more. They may also be required to have more academic hours, specific preceptors or mentors, thousands of hours or years of clinical experience before they sit for their specialty or board certification exams. This is significantly disproportionate to a massage therapist experience in participating in some continuing education, achieving a board certification, or completing a specialty certificate. I wish it could be different. Plumbers have this down. They are plumbers. Everybody knows when they need one. They know they can't do what they do, and they know they will have to pay for it. And there are three kinds of plumbers. There's residential plumbers, commercial plumbers, and service and repair plumbers. If we could be as clear by identifying ourselves as licensed massage therapists or licensed and board certified massage therapists, that would be a good start. And there's still plenty of room to say what one specializes in. Perhaps we specialize in working with people that are expecting moms athletes, cancer patients, or many others. This implies that there was some additional training in these areas, so don't be afraid to ask a massage therapist what additional training they had, how many hours it was, and if there was a specialty certificate exam that they passed. There are some people that are not licensed as massage therapists, but they're licensed in another profession. They may never do massage, or they may do some massage. It seems confusing. Every massage regulation has some form of exclusionary language to cover this. It might read something like this. Nothing in this act shall be construed as preventing, restricting, or requiring licensure for the practice of a profession by an individual who is licensed, certified, or registered by a Commonwealth agency 
under another law and who is performing services or advertising within the authorized scope of practice. Hmm. So doctors, nurses, physical therapists, physical therapy assistants, occupational therapists, occupational therapy assistants, athletic trainers, chiropractors, and acupuncturists, and maybe even a few more. All these people, they may have a state license, and massage may be included in their practice act or in their established scope of practice. Now, these health professionals have an enormous amount of academic education. They have board certifications, clinical experience, and it's very different than what massage therapists have. But they may never do massage, or they may do so many other things. And the massage that they do may be so different than massage therapy. It's also uncommon to see any of them hold themselves out and claim to be a massage therapist. Physical therapists and assistants, occupational therapists and assistants, as well as athletic trainers, all have some hands-on training in massage and manual therapies. It isn't the same as massage therapy training, though. What they do is a little different and necessary for the jobs that they're doing and the people they're taking care of. While these licensed health professionals may not ethically or legally open a massage practice as a massage therapist just because they have another state license, they most certainly may have it in their job description where they are employed, whether they work in a hospital, a university, a rehab clinic, or a clinical practice. This is not a problem. Most of them are too busy doing the other awesome things they do instead of massage. And as highly educated state-licensed health practitioners, we expect them to err in the safety lane. Some of them take on the more of the hands-on medically necessary inpatient and acute care situations. And we still appreciate all the referrals that these other licensed health professionals send our way. Now, the beauty industry is another story. Cosmetologists, estheticians, and nail technicians are allowed by their state license and practice act to perform massage. But it's in very specific areas, and they're focused on the hair, the nails, and the skin. For example, in Pennsylvania, a nail technician may do the following. The practice of manicuring the nails of an individual applying artificial or sculptured nails to an individual, massaging the hands of an individual, or massaging the lower arms of an individual up to the individual's elbow, massaging the feet of an individual, or the lower legs of an individual up to the individual's knee, or a combination of these acts. Now, this may not sound dangerous, However, they may not have enough advanced training to be safe in the case if someone were to have diabetes, be at risk of lymphedema, or be experiencing neuropathy. One of the problems I have heard of and actually experienced myself is that someone thinks because they can massage the feet or the face that they can massage the rest of the body. 
One day, a person in a nail salon decided to walk up behind me and attempt to massage my neck and shoulders without permission and said, you need a good massage. Oh, I kind of melted down. I had to say, stop. You're not licensed to do this. You did not ask permission to do this. You're not trained to do this. You did not do any information intake to do this. You could have done it to someone and hurt them. And you really shouldn't be doing this. This was a very uncomfortable exchange. And it's still my favorite nail salon. Because they got it. Even worse, could be someone who had no license whatsoever. That was related to or friends with someone that was working in a salon. And so they just bought a massage chair and started offering massages for tips. Because somebody told them they had good hands. This is absolutely illegal. It's unethical and unsafe. But the issue is that people trust people. People go to spas and salons, and they assume that everyone there has training and licenses. What consumers don't seem to know is that these are not necessarily massage therapists. In fact, it's more common for the best spas and salons to hire a licensed massage therapist to work with them. And you know who else is not a massage therapist? Unlicensed healers, personal trainers, body workers, and aromatherapists. They may not be required to be licensed because of more exclusionary language in the Massage Therapy Practice Act. This exclusionary language does not give them the right to practice massage therapy or imply that they're massage therapists. It is intended to allow them to do what they do without the responsibility of completing massage training or the accountability of being licensed. For instance, in Pennsylvania, and maybe some other states, it can go something like this. Nothing in this act shall be construed as preventing, restricting, or requiring licensure for the practice of an individual who uses touch to affect the energy systems, acupoints, key meridians, or channels of energy of the human body while engaged within the scope of practice of a profession with established standards and ethics. Such practices may include acupressure, Asian bodywork therapy, polarity therapy bodywork, Qigong, Reiki, Shiatsu, and Tuina. Now there's probably some more that could be added depending on what state it is. For starters, one of the problems with this is that it leaves a loophole, maybe a huge loophole, open for opportunistic, unlicensed, and maybe unsafe people offering their services to people for healing and therapy. And not all of these people are bad, and I would guess that the greatest number of them mean very well and really believe in what they're doing. Some of them may work in their own office, go to people's homes, do chair massage at the mall, work in foot spas and massage parlors. Unfortunately, some may also have the potential to be involved in human trafficking or prostitution. Some states and municipalities may even imply that someone could provide hands-on services 
provided they fell into one of the spaces on this list of allowed or very specific exemptions, such as techniques when the customer is fully clothed, techniques that do not involve contact with the human body, techniques that involve resting the hands on the surface of the body of another person without delivering pressure or manipulating the person's soft tissues, or techniques that are specifically intended to affect the human energy field. Some states or municipalities may even include lists of excluded modalities, practices, and techniques, which might include, but are not really limited to, rolfing, structural integration, Traeger, reflexology, therapeutic touch, Reiki, polarity, Alexander Technique, Feldenkrais, Asian Bodywork Therapy, Thai Bodywork, Bowen Therapy, Orthobionomy, and Ayurvedic Therapies. There could even be more. Another group would be personal trainers. Some of them go out of their scope of practice. They seem to think it's okay to do hands-on therapy. Now, it's one thing as a personal trainer to touch a person and guide them to a better ergonomic posture to activate or isolate a specific muscle during an exercise. It's another thing to do a stretching session or put people on a table or the floor and start working on them. And don't get me wrong, there's some incredible personal trainers out there. They have degrees in exercise physiology kinesiology, or sports science. Some have additional extensive training and experience. But you may also run across a licensed massage therapist that may also be a certified personal trainer. They might practice in a gym or a fitness center. There could be a number of personal trainers that have finished an online course very quickly and expensively and didn't have any face-to-face instruction, though. Personal trainers have so much that they can do. Individual training, strength and conditioning, endurance, group classes, spinning, uh, the list gets long. But just please don't go get massage therapy from a personal trainer. Professional massage therapists are better and safer, I promise. Yoga teachers have 250 or 500 hours of training. Some have more. That training is to lead and facilitate compassionately and safely a person or a group of people through a yoga session or practice. While most may be amazing and asking permission to touch and be able to help guide you gently into that stretch or posture, their training does not include or imply that they could do hands-on therapy much less massage. Most yoga centers have massage therapists, and some massage therapists are also yoga instructors. So we don't get too bent out of shape over this. Many people that call themselves aromatherapists may not have extensive training. Some massage therapists also include aromatherapy. So people may get confused and think that because they joined a multi-level marketing group, To sell essential oils, they could do the same thing as the massage therapist. Some of these people may actually have 
very little academic or healthcare related background, and they may get very little additional education or instruction. But somehow, they go by a massage table, put naked people on it, and start applying oils, and it starts looking and seeming a lot like massage. And they charge money for this. Or they sell someone a certain amount of oils and then just add that personal application service in for free. So make no mistake, all massage therapists are not aromatherapists, and all aromatherapists are not massage therapists. Aromatherapy is not massage. So if you like aromatherapy and massage, find a licensed massage therapist that also has training and offers aromatherapy. It's actually simple. Here's the root of the problem. All of these extra things are completely unregulated. Since they are unregulated, they may not be required to have a background check. Some of these things may take years to achieve the legal and ethical right to practice and say that they practice. Others can be done in a few hours online or a weekend. Any and all of them may be excluded from massage therapy licensing and professional oversight wherever you are in the state you're in. So who's actually checking? This is truly buyer beware time. No one was mean and excluded these practices. Some organizations and practices asked for, begged, and fought to be excluded from licensure. There are also some licensed massage therapists that have these trainings and practice all these different modalities. Massage therapists know better than to risk your life to practice right now. In the future, that may be safer. But at least choose someone that's licensed and hopefully insured as well. I find it interesting that most of these people will buy a massage table to practice on. Unfortunately, since most of them rationalize not going to massage school, they also don't buy professional massage tables. Cheap massage tables that are 100 bucks online or sold in a big box store will have a tag somewhere saying, not for professional use or for home use only. And what this means is that if that table breaks and anyone is injured because of it, the table manufacturer cannot be sued. Others could, though. The person that's using that table for whatever it is they're doing may be sued if the table broke and a client was injured. Professional massage therapists buy a massage table like they mean it. It is usually the most expensive piece of equipment they rely on for their practice. It is a dicey and entertaining concept to get people to look at and see what kind of massage table people have, or even start asking about it. This might be fun, though. One of the common threads here is that all these people may have another profession, another practice, or other things they do besides massage. Very few have had any safe or effective measure of training to do massage therapy professionally. And yet these are the very people that may be offering you massage services right now, while the massage therapists, the professional massage therapists, are not practicing. Professional massage therapists understand it is currently unsafe. 
The unlicensed individuals that do this do not. And they don't have a license to lose, but we do. If anyone, licensed or not, is offering massage, hands-on types of services or their practices and techniques in person, sharing air with you in a limited space within six feet of you, while non-essential businesses are shut down and while we are under shelter-in-place or stay-at-home orders, it is not just wrong, it is not just okay, it truly is unsafe. It is not okay if they come to your home. It's not okay if they're a healer or if they practice an excluded modality and aren't licensed. It's not okay if they think they are essential or medical. Intrapersonal contact with anyone, regardless if you consider them a healthcare professional or not, whether you trust them or not, if they are continuing to offer their services to the public, may not be safe. Here are some things you might not think to ask if you're going to go get a massage or let someone do massage or hands-on work with you. It's really okay to always question and interview a massage therapist. Your massage therapist is out there. Not every massage therapist may be a good match or fit for you. You might not find your favorite right away. So here's some things that you could mention or include in an interview. And also, if the massage therapist isn't willing to discuss it, move on. There must be a level of accountability. Professional massage therapists have liability insurance, or they should. Honestly, if they don't or can't prove it, maybe look for another massage therapist. In many states, it's required as part of their licensure. This protects you and them. It's quite a right for you to ask them if they have liability insurance or who they have liability insurance through. And ask them about their training. Where did they go to school? How many hours? How long did it take? Ask about their experience. How long have they been licensed? How long have they been practicing? Are they doing this full-time or part-time? Where else have they worked doing massage therapy? What do they specialize in? Most massage therapists are required by their state licensing board or their professional organization or the certification board to complete sometimes as much as 24 hours of continuing education every two years. It might be really interesting to ask them what was the last class training they did. Was it live or was it online? Was it local or did they travel for it? Ask if they're board certified or not. Ask if they've completed any specialty certificates or advanced trainings. You probably should ask them about their practice. Do they have a cancellation policy? If you're five minutes late, will that be deducted from your session time? How long is a session? Is an hour only 50 minutes hands-on? Do they accept tips? How much time do they leave between sessions? Now, is that time long enough to clean the room properly, go to the restroom, wash their hands properly, and then do another intake or update for their next client? Honestly, when you think about best practices, even before this crazy 2020 year started, I've been reminding people to ask their massage therapists if they had their vaccinations or flu shots. 
There's a lot of people that are cancer patients or they have some type of medical involvement that just might put them in a situation of being immune compromised or higher risk. This is a point of informed consent. Pennsylvania Massage Therapy Practice Act states, informed consent, a process wherein the massage therapist and a competent client or the client's guardian come to a mutual understanding of the massage therapy treatment, including objectives, benefits, and any risks. If you're immune compromised, you get it. Licensure doesn't require immunizations. Employment may not require immunizations. If the therapist does not have their vaccinations up to date or choose not to get preventative shots, they should tell you this. This is how informed consent works. It empowers you to be able to make a knowledgeable decision on the basis of what you have been informed of and give consent for to proceed. Right now, a lot of us may begin to miss being around other people. And specifically, we may miss touch. We may begin realizing that we took for granted that friend that always hugged us, or just random playful touching between friends during a conversation. Some people that are single and alone may start experiencing what massage therapists understand as skin hunger. Even those of us in isolation with a partner or family, we may feel significantly reduced in the amount of touch we're sharing. People need self-care. People need touch. And there are people that just do massage, parents that do infant massage, parents with kids that are rubbing sore knees, little back rubs to help them sleep, foot massage to relax. This is something that families do. And I wish more families could do it and have normal, healthy touch be part of their lives. It's not that they're out there practicing massage professionally. Truly, we would probably like to encourage more parents and family members to utilize healthy touch between them. It is innate for us. We know if we're a hugger or not. If we think about it, we may recall there's that one hug we give to a certain aunt or that grasping of the hand, rubbing of the shoulder for comfort, or when we're sharing grief or joy. Some caregivers may not be consciously doing massage or mean to massage. They're just holding that hand and being there, creating connected, comforting touch. There's nothing wrong with family members, caregivers, and people touching each other, and doing some form of what may be considered massage, as long as it's safe, appropriate, informed. It happens at that highest level of integrity, care, respect. For the most part, massage therapists don't really have an issue with parents and caregivers and family members using to touch for support and self-care. We do have some problems when other people that are not licensed massage therapists are presenting themselves as such and doing massage and accepting compensation for touch. You know, a good analogy for this would be running. There are people who run. They run far and fast. They do marathons. They're on track or cross-country teams. They run 
A lot of other sports run too, but they do it for other reasons. Football, basketball, soccer, and so on. But if I wanted to hire a running coach, I would not want to hire one that only ran because it was punishment in the other sport they played. So yes, we get it. A lot of other professions and people that will use touch, and sometimes it looks or seems a little bit like massage, but we massage therapists trust our training and experience, our art and science, and we understand that being non-essential or not medically necessary right now doesn't decrease our value in the world. Your massage therapists are out there waiting for all of this to be over. We miss you. We want to be working again. But we're all waiting until it's safe. Safe for you, safe for us, safe for our families, and safe for our communities. Your ethical, intelligent, and compassionate massage therapist suspended their practices without any regard for their financial survival. Many of them did this the first week of March or earlier. Quite a few did it before a government agency, organization, or an industry influencer told them to. I think because they were going against what was being communicated by government and some influential people in the industry, some of them chose not to make it public. And as more massage therapists became aware of the risk, and more states began issuing non-essential businesses to close, shelter-in-place, and stay-at-home orders became evident, more massage therapists began suspending their practices. We all had to stop doing the job we love, and we're really, really good at it. Many massage therapists out there, for the very first time in years, are taking on another job. They're taking on a job for considerably less pay, a job that may not even meet their financial needs or keep them safe. So here are some of the things you can do to support your massage therapist. Stay in touch. Hit the like button if they share something on their Not in Business Right Now page on Facebook. Hit the reply button if you get an email and let them know that you do care. Talk to them. Ask what their plans are. Some may not be able to come back or continue in the massage profession. Some may shift to another job or career track right now. If they're planning on waiting this out and returning to practice when it's safe, you might want to consider supporting them by purchasing a gift certificate for a future session with them when it is safe for them to practice again. After all, we can't just do takeout like the restaurants right now. So please be safe. Stay at home as much as possible. Please wait for us. Wait till it's safe for us to practice again. Because we're all looking forward to working with you again in the future. It isn't worth risking your life to get a massage from anyone right now. Most especially if they're not a professional massage therapist. Stay in touch. Because right now, the future is in your hands. Please Let Me Give You a Hand is a production of and is the intellectual property of Zerlin Deary and Anatryptic Alchemy. 
We welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors, as long as they're factually based. This podcast represents her own personal opinions based on her education and experience and does not represent the views or opinions of the American Massage Therapy Association, the Society for Oncology and Massage, the National Certification Board for Therapeutic Massage and Bodywork, the Massage Therapy Foundation, or any other organization or institution. Have a nice day.